0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network <sighs> this is the biggest moment of the match talk us through that it Nick you can cut the tension
1: with a butter knife very specific on the type of knife <laughs> I'm just saying it's that vulnerable <laughs> A steak knife won't do
0: uh no steak knife would be too much um Mukava, long first serve We let the tension settle. It's second serve. is bouncing the ball. He lifts it up. And she puts it in the net. And it's Iga Fiontek with her hands on her face. She's kneeling down as all the relief pours out of her. She's almost sobbing as she's on her knees on the Roland Garros clay. Well, not quite. She's on her haunches. And she's still crying. All of it's coming out. Iga Świątek is a three-time Roland Garros champion. She remains unbeaten in Grand Slam finals. What an effort from Karolina Mukova as they embrace. She comes to shake the umpire's hand. She's still crying. What a moment for this 22-year-old who is the best player in the world right now and thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. And she's still on her haunches crying. And i can breathe <laughs> i
1: think that must mean a 26 and two record now in paris am i right there nick uh in terms 25. of oh yeah korea yes 26 and two uh, a lot of emotion there from eager and james welcome uh, aboard um 26. i'll get your thoughts in a second but a lot of emotion there from eager at the conclusion I, I don't know whether there's a, a an added meaning something else that's going on but Perhaps also for me, my gut reaction was just that she was so close to losing it. Of course, with Karolina Mukova twice up a break in that uh, second, uh, sorry, that third set, including 4 3. And I'm just trying to remember how that 4 3 game went. I know the conclusion uh, was very much that drop shot that didn't work out, but uh, it went to at least use. So. She was very close to holding serve, but was unable to do so. Uh, Jikla as well in the chat saying congrats to Iga. Nice try, Mukova. That's nice from him. I don't know if he's Polish or not, but perhaps from that name he is. But, uh, yeah, for those of you just tuning in, we're going to now dissect that final. James, give us your immediate thoughts.
2: Well, I have to start by taking my t- hat off
1: to uh that one there. You prepared for that, didn't you? <laughs> well, he, he wasn't wearing the hat throughout, and then he put it on at last minute. And I thought, shall I bring him in with the hat on? Is that the idea? Or or, or shall, do I do I need to wait him? Am I going to bring him in? He goes, oh, I, I didn't want to be with the hat on. But um anyway, I guess that was all nicely set up. James, yeah, so tell us what you think.
2: That was probably one of the best wins Eager's pro- had in terms of the four grand slams she now has p- p- picked up that match had suspense it had drama but it also had doubt which i think was the key which was a yeah. key point of that match was that this wasn't just going to be a coronation the last two finals the one last year and um in the roland garros and the us open last year in a way felt as slightly like a coronation the people she was playing the way the, the, the form that was coming into it this time around, you know, with all the trials and tribulations the you know, the, the, the issues in Rome, you know, the certainly the, the build-up around about the Harcourt swing, which wasn't like it was last year. There was doubt in this match. There was doubt in this tournament. It was no longer eager versus the field. It was key members of that field versus eager. And she's come out on top. She's shown her class. She's shown that competitive edge. And she's got the reward. And she is now a three-time Roland Garros champion, four-time Grand Slam champion. And all I can say is she absolutely, 100% fully deserves it. And, yeah, it's it's deeply upsetting. Or you could certainly say, you know, you feel very disappointed. Or you can feel for Mukova in this one, certainly being 4-3 mm-hmm. up serving pretty much serving to make it five three and to be honest she probably would have broken eager in that next service game if she was uh five three up to actually take the title there to be so close for mukova especially given how well she's played as well in this match and providing that doubt in this match uh you know i have nothing but sympathy for mukova and she's going to take her a while to recover from this but she's starting to but mukova is showing i mean as a general point and looking at a more holistic approach She's starting to show the form, the talent, uh, the desire to be able to do it, to, to be able to you know be at the absolute top of the game, and to start winning at the top of the game. And all I can hope is that her body hold holds up for her now uh, going into going into
1: further competitions. I think as well, James. Just well, I, I, in terms of the doubt that she had, I think that's probably where that big emotional response came from. In that, of course, she was also up, for, uh, you know, a set and three love. So, you know, you've got an upper set and three love. That lead slips, but actually that wasn't the end of that second set because there were sort of swings, lots of swings in the second set. There were plenty of swings and perhaps even roundabouts, if that is such a term (laughs) that you can use in tennis, uh, in the third set. So perhaps all of that sort of tension as well came out in the emotion. She keeps her hat on again, Nick, for this uh, change of of outfit. Um, The hat perhaps is a permanent feature on her head. Um, anyway, permanent features on the face of Mukova right now is one of uh, <sighs> possibly anguish, possibly regret, possibly thoughts she might be thinking about that drop shot. She um, was two, she was two games away
0: from it.
2: It's almost the worst type of loss, um, being so close and yet not yet not making it. Um, I feel this, you know, like we've watched Grand Slam finals where well, especially Eager has basically demolished her opponent and. You know, at that point, your opponent can only go, well, I was clearly the second-best player on the court, but there was mm. a genuine chance for Makovar in this match to, w- to win this tournament, and she'll know that, and that will make, make it hurt more.
1: Yeah, Congratulations, Eager says the Hedgehog. I've never seen the Hedgehog in before, but great to have you on board, and if you are new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. You know what? In In just under a year of Talking Tennis, we've had about half a million views. If we had just just 1% of those people uh, subscribing. I think if I've done my maths right, we'd have 5,000 subscribers right now. So there's lots of people watching that have not subscribed to the channel. So please hit that subscribe button. Nick, um, I don't know if you've got anything to add to what James was saying. I,
0: I completely agree with everything James said. I will say it would have been a bad loss for both of them, whoever, yeah. whatever the outcome of this match, because Iga would have been a set in a breakup and in control. And if she'd lost, then that was a bad loss. Mukova being a breakup twice in the deciding set is that's a tough loss. Um and um, you know, I'm looking at her now, and she she played our heart out there. She played so well, she counted everything Schviantek threw at her, and then in the last she just she was the one who was the more vulnerable at the most critical point of the match, which is the end. Um I really hope that we see um Mukave consistently in this position. Um, it would be such a shame if this was her only shot at a major. It's We can't really... Yeah. I don't want to do the thing of we'll see her here again. We cannot say that for sure. Enough, you know, um, yeah. I, I want to see a big result for Karolina Mokova. It has to come against Iga. I will live with that. Today, Iga needs to make a point um, because she hadn't won a big title yet this year. And I think there would have been a lot of questions if she'd lost... Um, around her status as the world number one she'd be a lot more vulnerable um, but I think today she confirmed herself as the new queen of Paris in the shoes of Chris Evert, Steffi Graf, Justine Ennan and, um, and uh, I think it's going to take a lot to bring her down from this position in future years um, and I'm very excited to see what happens.
1: We've let's not more. forget we've got Vanch as well joining us now it's becoming a, a huge party here although I, I think his camera is off right now oh there we go the camera's on but listen let's not forget Vanch that there's been quite a few I'm glad that Nick mentioned as well some of the, the questions regarding Eager because this year has been very different to last in that from about February until June last year it was just win after win after win for Eager. this year's been very different we saw her being very emotional in a loss to Jessica Bergula uh, in Australia before going into the Australian Open. she then has a pretty comprehensive defeat to Ribackina, I think it was in Australia. Am I right with that one, Vanch? Um, And then we've seen other defeats this year, including another one to Ribackina, I think, in Indian Wells. And then most recently, of course, we've had one or two injury issues as well. So it wasn't a serene... Process up until the French Open. And maybe that's also one of the reasons why this will be a bit sweet when we saw that emotion. Vanch, tell me either some of your reactions to what I've just said, but all the match that we've just seen.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of why she got so emotional at the end, because it just means so much. I mean, this was her first really big title since winning the US Open. So Nick is kind of right in that, you know, she's she kind of needed this in order to make a point and just kind of prove to herself that, yeah, you know, I'm still the best in the world. You know, this is now my sixty c- third week as consecutively as the world number one. And I've had to fend off many other rivals, including Sabalenka, Rubakina, Kricicaba a couple of times. You mentioned those a couple of other losses as well. And she's she has struggled with that rib injury, for example, for a year, for a month, I mean, after Indian Wells. She didn't play mm-hmm. in Miami. And then she also had the the bit of injury concerns in Rome when she had to retire against Rybakina. So to come here, there were some question marks. And she still didn't drop a set, you know, getting to the – to the final, Uh, but the last two matches, you know, she really had to fight tooth and nail for them because stylistically, uh, it's a pretty tough opponent, Makova. I mean, Mm -hmm. kind of like Barty. you know, she really capitalized, I think, on an area of Iga's game that probably needs to become a little bit more secure if she wants to continue her dominance, and that's, you know, I guess just finishing points at the net and just being able to put away those volleys, like without, not necessarily the swing volleys, but just the ones that are a bit lower, a bit trickier, that only players like Mukova, in fairness, can really do to her with the kind of all chord style that they possess. So I think uh it's a good lesson for her as well because she she really had to she had to come back from a break twice in that third set. And she did a really good job of staying composed when you know it was really getting away from her. She she was of three love in that second set, and you know, all of a sudden Mukova's forehand became super aggressive and she started reining in the margins quite a bit more and feeling like, okay, I've got the upper hand. And so it was up to Iga to make that adjustment. And I I think she can be really proud proud of herself for that. And yeah, this is her third French Open in the last four that she's played. So it's pretty remarkable, only 22 years old.
1: The kids are just bringing the trophies onto the court. We've got um, the main trophy, of course, for the winner. They're both, they're all looking at, well, two of the three kids are looking a little anxious and they're walking on, but also gleefully as well as they bring on the trophies for both the winner and uh, the runner-up. There's a kid also holding the trophy for, or the plate, I should say, for the umpire. He doesn't look quite so interested. Uh, I think there were three plates to bring on. And uh, he drew the short straw, let's say that. And he's got the one for the umpire. Uh, he looks like he'd rather be somewhere else. So he certainly did anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, jokes aside, uh, James, um, give us a word on Mukova either today or, or her tournament.
2: I would say Mukova can certainly look back on this tournament with an, amount, ma- an immense amount of pride. I know at the moment she won't, she won't be feeling that. Uh, and she be feeling a lot of pain at the moment, but give it, you know, a few weeks. She can look back and go, "Oh, hang on a minute! I went from a situation where my body wasn't holding up to going seven matches at a Grand Slam, and seeing it all, all the way through to the end, and showing unbelievable levels of of, of tennis. The people she's beaten: Sabalenka, Zachary, uh, I think it was another one. Um, you know, some really strong opponents she's she's that she's seen off um, on this surface and you know, there are certainly opportunities now looking ahead for uh, for Muka, in terms of tournaments where she could do very well at. I know that she's very good; she's very strong on on, on hard courts, and you know that very much. You know, after the after, after the next month of the of the grass courts, she can very much get her uh, get a teeth into that, get her teeth into those tournaments, and really start to sort of push herself back up the rankings. Um, chrissy ever i'm um, heading on to the, uh, the stage at the moment um she so can certainly sort of see herself pushing herself up on the rankings and maybe even you know certainly based off this performance we've got to put it down as a contender for the us open as well uh and, and as somebody who could um who, who could do bits there because i think the key thing that popped along here was an equal in a match this wasn't a, you know, so this wasn't a situation where there was clearly you know a favorite a big favorite and and a and a, and a pop and a, you know somebody who was there who felt a bit more like a plucky like a, a, a plucky person that was trying to, you know, upset the, uh, what was meant to be the written order. You know, Mukova very much showed that she was an equal in that match. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one dominant side over another. And that's the key thing she can take away. But, you know, on another day, on another surface, she could very much convert those, you know, th- those break point up to convert, um, chances and get, get, you know, consolidate the breaks and, and then start, and start to win those titles and, re- and really be a thorn in, in either
1: side. Chrissie yeah, Everett there is going to be presenting the, the the trophy. Of course, she's very much a legend of this sport. I'm just about to have a quick look and see how many uh, Grand Slams Chrissy Evert win. Did she get into double figures? She won 18. Uh, oh, wow. Beyond double figures. My goodness me, I'm way off. Seven of them French Opens. Oh, wow. So, yeah, French Opens. 74, 75, 79, 80, 83, 85 and 86. Um, those are just years, by the stuff. way. <laughs> Those are years, not the age that she was when she won them. That would be even more remarkable. Um, But yes, 18 Grand Slams, including seven French Opens, but a good spread as well where she won two at least at each of the four slams. So she's going to be presenting the women's. I did see um, who was going to be presenting the men's tomorrow, but now that name escapes me. Um, I forget who's going to be presenting the men's title tomorrow, but we'll soon find out. But that's for tomorrow. Um, Vanch, though, I mean, Mukova she'll have some regrets now. And there was a, a drop shot that I certainly spoke about for a few minutes on the, the live stream because she went for the drop shot when she was facing break point on her serve at 4-3. You know, I said that the winner of this point will probably go on to win the match. As in like, if Eager gets back on serve, then suddenly, you know, the amount of chances that, that y- you know, you can't give Eager too many chances to get back into the match if you like that. I just felt that a, a second time that Mukhova would have relinquished the, the break advantage may well be too much. And I said, whoever wins this point will go on to win the match. And sadly for Mukhova, there was a, a pretty horrible drop shot that I'm sure she will be thinking about again for a while to come, Vanch.
3: Yeah, she had a few points like that in uh, the last two or three games where I felt like her shot selection was a bit more impatient and she was trying to finish points a bit too soon. That could be fatigue. Maybe she that was feeling be, it a bit. I don't know, from from, from, from yeah, the other day as well. Yeah. I think physically it had to have been a tough order. Like she had to have been feeling it in the legs because that semi-final with Sab- Sabalenka was extremely physical uh, and one of the longest matches of the year. So uh, it's not too much of a surprise if you look at it like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, and I think uh, she felt like the longer the rallies went, Iga was actually able to outlast her in those in those areas, and she wanted those rallies to be extended, whereas Mukova was was trying to come up with some magic or finish off those points with a bit too much bit too much flair and stuff. And she was able to do that kind of early on, but I just I just think the the weight of the moment kind of got to her in that situation. But understandable, really, but um I think it was overall a super positive week. Like, she was ranked 43, I think, before when the tournament started. Now she's up to 16. And she's in, inside the top five of the race. So if she can stay healthy, I mean, we could be looking at a really, really good year
1: tears rolling down her cheeks now she'd kept it together while she sat down and, and saw things going on before her but tears rolling down her cheeks now she said it's been incredible it's been an incredible couple of weeks congratulations it's always, the mo- it's
2: always the moments that when you have to when you feel you have to speak that you know you know at the moment when she's able to sit down she could go into her own little shell there for a moment and be able to keep mm-hmm. it composed but there's moments when you're Everyone's got their of attention on you and you have to speak are the worst when it comes to trying to hold in emotions. Uh, and and I that. think
1: both Chrissy ever, and I'm not sure who the official is to the to Chrissy's right. Uh, does anyone know who that is? But he looks pretty emotional as well. I think we're all feeling a bit emotional just watching. Yeah. Yeah, more, more thanks as well. Um, even Ego, of course, you know, uh, showing a lot of compassion here. And I think everybody's feeling it a bit. I, I certainly am just cuz i mean it was so close it was there and that's the that's the pity of it if you like i,
0: I think the the critical points in the match that probably lost it cuz looking at the stats they were mm-hmm. really close they were so closely matched throughout that entire thing in terms of errors in terms of positive points where they took control um what cost mckover was the slow start and the tight end and that's yeah. where it counted slow start went down set very quickly to eager yeah. Well, not very quickly but was i know what you mean no, up the game. from yeah. the start from the start and then um the end where at the end it ended up being sviontek who was the better in the match closing moments and yeah. finishing the job and i think it's a fine margin that made the difference today and whilst we may not be comparing it in terms of like quality in terms of like all-out battle that other three matches have come up during the stream, like the Australian Open final, the Madrid final, the Mooka for Sabalenka like semi-final. This is going to end up being in the top 10 matches of the year still.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, last year, my end of year uh, show regarding matches of the year was was dominated really by men's matches. There were so many memorable mm-hmm. men's matches in 2022 for me. This year has been the opposite. It's been just full of classics on the women's side. As... as um as you said, I mean, not, I, this will be in, it'll be up there. If this is not in my in my end of year show, then that means there's been an incredible, incredible year, which has already been incredible, but even going beyond that. Uh, and long may it continue. We've seen so many closely contested finals, so many dramatic moments and so many moments of quality. Um, anyway, she's finally gathered together. And, and, and listen, with these these moments and these players, as, as, as Nick touched upon, and I think Vanch and James too, you, you, you hope that they'll be back. Um, with some players, such as, say, Andy Murray, there was probably a bit more conviction that he would return and would eventually win a Grand Slam, but with everyone that he, he didn't get over the line with. With other players, I mean, I was there during the Jana Novotna story, if you like, of her getting to the three Wimbledon finals, and you just didn't know. And I'm really pleased that she did get over the line. Mukhova. You know, don't know. Uh, there's now she's now going to be up there. Oh, Ons has just dropped the lid to the trophy. <laughs> she Should be pretty familiar with the with the makeup of that trophy. So I'm surprised that you forgot it had a lid. Bearing in mind it's been on her mantelpiece for the best part of the last three years. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah now just now take it off. Just take it off, Bigger. Take it off. Yeah. I mean, she's
0: that's an emphatic trophy celebration right there. Indeed, indeed.
2: It wouldn't be an eager trophy celebration without a little bit of
1: uh, jeopardy. Uh, yeah. She's so
0: delightfully awkward
1: yeah. and clumsy. And yeah. yet, for a tennis player, you'd think awkwardness and, and, and clumsiness is probably not characteristics you really want to be taking onto a tennis court. Well, she breaks off the shackles when she's playing, but they soon return amongst uh, uh, lifting up trophies. Um, Vanch. Uh, do you uh, do you have any conviction that Mukhova will be back and and lifting one of these big trophies one day?
3: Um, I think it's just about staying healthy, to be honest. Because yeah, true. Like like I I think that would be my main like caveat because yeah, if she can stay healthy, I mean, there's no reason why she can't do really well at Wimbledon. She's made the quarterfinals there twice, and she has exactly the kind of game on grass that I think uh, could take her to a title. So. Uh, and then now she's proven she's done pretty well in all the slams, really. So, and I think of her as a big match player in general, with all the big wins that she had. She's like now five and one against top three players, which is really really good for someone who's who's not ranked in that category because of injuries. So I do feel, and she's in the prime of her career. She's only twenty six, so she has a good, you know, another three to five year spell if she can stay healthy. So I I would say uh, I would say why not because there are going to be opportunities, but you just never know. Like with the landscape, the WTA could just kind of shift. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's all about health really.
1: Yeah. It's actually a a point I'd forgotten about in the, in the aftermath of this, as I, as I watch eager giving her speech, she's talking basically directly to Mokhava, albeit holding a microphone at the same time, um, various platitudes going in the way of the check and and obviously deservedly. So uh, Amelie Moresmo there applauding too. She looked quite emotional at the end as well. I know just how important teams are, she says. And I assume she means tennis coaching staff, not Microsoft Teams. Um, uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, her team give a good wave to the camera there and they understand and they look very, very happy. First win for her, of course, under her new sponsorship too. So oh, yeah. I'll be pleased that she's justifying that. Can I count this as a win for Federer? <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. James, your expression, you know I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> you know I'm being ridiculous. And I know I'm being ridiculous. I'm not. <laughs> I was wondering, what I was, Nick, are you on a
2: fleece in um, into this weather?
0: Yes, because I've got a
2: draft right next to me. Okay. It's boiling at
1: the moment. It's pretty hot, yeah, in in most places around Europe right now. Sorry, Um, I know.
2: Side note, I I do apologise.
1: No, James, we love side notes. We've been living off side notes for nine months. Most (laughs) of our audience are here for the the side notes. When we start talking about tennis, they they switch off. Most of the
0: audience seem to be here hoping I'm going to sing.
1: Talking side notes. Vanch, give us a word on, on Iga's tournament and her performance in the final.
3: Um, so, yeah, I mean, her, her tournament overall, it was tough to really judge based on the first three or four rounds, I would say, um, just because it was plain sailing, really. Uh, until And then she had retirement against uh, Sorenko in the fourth round. But really after that, uh, the last three matches that she played, we can take quite a bit uh, against Goff, uh, who, who actually put up a a pretty good fight in relative to the other six matches that they played. Um, and uh, the overcoming the adversity in the second set against Beatrice Haddad Maya. So I think that was, that was a big confidence boost. And then she started this final off really well, like you would expect. Mukova was the one with the nerves and the, the early tension. And she sort of capitalized on that and went up 6-2-3 love. But then we saw her really kind of uh, have to contend with, a, with an all-court aggressive, opponent who had found her mojo back so i think it was impressive to see her kind of weather the storm in the third set when she was two breaks down and mukoba like you said would certainly have certainly missed a few chances there to stretch her lead particularly if she went up five three instead of four all that was a very very key game um but the fact that women the fact that uh Iga still managed to to come through when in the past you know she might have really like she's not used to sometimes having dealing with this kind of a Adversity and it not being uh, that straight, it not being that straightforward this time around makes this a lot sweeter. I think for for her just knowing that she can win matches like this again, because she did start to turn that around a bit last year. But this year, um, you know, if, when a few occasions haven't gone her way, she hasn't found herself back in a winning position so comfortably right away. So I think this is this in a way is probably the most fulfilling major that she's won, just because of that mm-hmm. adversity.
1: That point, by the way, that became a narrative that sort of gathered pace this year regarding Iga either winning or, or uh, you know, winning comfortably or losing badly as, as we looked at the sort of four, five, six defeats that she incurred in the early part of the year. That did annoy Iga, by the way. I was in a press conference in Madrid when she got asked about that. And you could, you could see that she was very annoyed about the question. She said something along the lines, that's what you guys are talking about. Uh, it's not what you know interests me or whatever. So she certainly changed that narrative today by winning. But not just today. She, she's actually won two or three really tight matches in the last few weeks. Um, Because I remember at least another match where it was really close. Well, of course, she was really close with Sabalenka in the final, but that was at least the narrative was that she either wins easily or loses easily. It wasn't that she just wasn't getting involved in super tight matches. Well, that Madrid final and the final today, and even to some extent the match with with um, in Rome, so shows that she's up for the fight, and 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 she certainly was today, wasn't she, Nick?
0: Yeah, um, I would say so. Yeah, she's flipped the narrative on its head she can win it out tough um and um she's she's a fighter far more of a fighter than uh, we gave credit for it's why i wrote the piece on popcorn about her just to say hey she doesn't lose easily um really and um will if she goes down a set she'll fight back if she drops a set she'll fight back and that's what happened today um what and because at the crunch point, she upped the aggression. She went to break down to Bukova. she took, she struck back, she went down again, she struck back, and then she took over. That's what champions do. Um, and uh, it's a, it's a bit yeah, like it's a great a, moment.
2: Just trying to relate this to the football acronym. This is almost like the you know, can you do it on a cold, rainy night? Um, stoke on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, can, you know, you can do it in the flashiest matches on the earth, but can you do it when, it, when it's a real grit, determination, and you're coming up with, uh, come up against somebody who is not giving anything back?
0: For sure. Yes, mm. exactly. I, and I, there are many cold, rainy nights in Stoke on a Tuesday night, I can confirm. I've got to shoot you off
2: now, but it's been lovely to join you for. Uh, James, thank you. No worries. Thanks for um, joining us. Yeah. Enjoy everyone, enjoy, everyone enjoy the final tomorrow. And I'm not just talking about Andy Murray in the Surbiton final. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Indeed. Thank-
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.